This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, you're listening to Cruise Control. My name is Ali Johan. This week, as ever, I'm joined by our automotive specialist, my friend, Mr. Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. Good evening. Good evening, Ali, and thank you for calling me a specialist when I'm not. I'm just another car enthusiast who just loves the industry and loves some of the nonsense. Sounds like a specialist to me. <laughs> so, uh, and we've got a show in three parts as usual, some local launches to look forward to. Also, in the centre part of the show, we're going to be talking about what is regularly promised at budgets. And also, we'll round off the show with a review of... Kia's electrified EV6 that has now arrived in Malaysia. It's all coming up next on the program tonight, but before that, we've got some news. Hot of the press this week, uh, there is a slew of car launches and introductions to the local market, beginning with the fourth generation of Toyota Harrier, which is uh, just launched. Uh, the 2022 edition is now priced at 274,000 ringgit, which is a slight increase in price. Uh, and also is a unit that will be fully imported from Japan, Daniel. Yes, this car, I, I have to say, I love it. I love it. I know some people say, oh, Toyota Harrier, better buy Recon. Yeah, of course, better buy Recon because it's a little bit cheaper. But when you buy a brand new Harrier from UMW Toyota, you get full warranty and after sales. Some people might say, ah, Toyota, no problem. There's a lot of tech in it. There's a lot of safety in it. That is what has been happening with a lot of new car launches, they've upped the game in terms of safety features. So with this new Harrier, they've also done the same thing. They've upped the safety features in this car. Plus, they've added a few new colors. And of course, with all that comes an increase in price because it's fully imported. Seems like they're starting to make waves again in the local industry uh, with a slow sales numbers in 2021. Of course, due to the pandemic, you know, this car launch of the new Harrier coincided with the announcement of their sales numbers in mm. Q3 this year, which is reportedly up by 54% compared to the same time last year. Can you imagine if they didn't have delivery problems, Yeah, how much more cars would be reported? How many more units would be reported? Yes, and uh, these numbers are, of course, total numbers for the sales of Toyota and the Lexus, right? But, and Correct, Lexus already, brand, yes. Yes, yeah, so they've already sold about 70,000 units in this year alone, and that shows uh, Toyota's growing from strength to strength, rebounding from a slow 2021 sales. To be honest, everybody's rebounding. Mm. It's not just Toyota. But you know, their rebound has been higher than everybody else. That's the thing. Another car that's just launched uh, this week, Hyundai Saimdabi Motors announced the all-new, feature-packed and incredibly spacious Hyundai Staria, which Hyundai says is designed based on a spaceship. Look at it. Doesn't it look like a spaceship? It does. It does. It looks also like a bullet train at the airports. You're right. It looks like a Japanese bullet train. And the thing is, it's Korean. <laughs> the design language, I think, is just superb. The only problem, the only problem, with, because I, I drove this car when they imp- brought in the imported version, which is 300 over 1,000 ringgit. I drove it around. Uh, of course, people had reservations when it was 300 over 1,000 dollars. But everybody who saw the car, everybody, sorry, MPV, everybody who saw it, they all asked one question, is it electric? Because it looks like an electric vehicle. That, that whole design language says, mm-hmm. Give me a battery power. <laughs> Don't give me combustion engine. And I think you could be hearing it here first. This might be the first electric MPV coming soon. 
Right. So the Staria is a 10-seater MPV and uh, it replaces the outgoing Hyundai Grand Star X, which has been discontinued. Um, It has four rows uh, and the layout is pretty interesting. Two rows at the front, of course, the driver and co-passenger. Three seats in the middle and the third row has two seats and then the last row with three more seats. Now, I have to remind people listening in, I said it looks like an electric vehicle, but it's not. It's a diesel-powered vehicle. It's a 2.2 turbo diesel-powered MPV, but it looks like an electric vehicle. So I think, again, I want to say this, when diesel engines are phased out, I think this MPV, this new Staria, will suddenly come out as an electric vehicle. I see. Oh, that's where you were going with. I was wondering, ah. have they even built an electric version of this Staria? No, they haven't. They haven't. Maybe they've built it and it's, it's sitting somewhere in Korea undergoing testing. But I'm sure because it, it's got the flow plan to take the battery pack. Yep. It's got the size. It's got the dimensions. It's got the looks. And, you know, Hyundai have already gone so far ahead in, in uh, electric technology for, for, for vehicles. Why not? Mm. You mentioned the import version price was over 300000 But here, starting from just 180000 What's the deal here? Ah, the magic of seating in a van. You see, this comes in as like a commercial vehicle. You see, the moment you put a lot of seats, it comes in as a commercial vehicle. And when it's a commercial vehicle, you get less tax and then you can charge less. For example, the Kia Carnival, when it was fully launched, yeah. it was CBU. But, you know, because it had special price... Uh, on taxation, it was just below 200,000 ringgit. And then when they launched the CKD version with less seats, it became a luxury MPV and the price went up by 30,000 ringgit. So this is the, the thing with, you know, there's still a loophole in the system when it comes to MPVs. So for example, if the Toyota Alpha had 10 seats in it, mm. it'll be half the price. So it's up but, to car companies to decide how many seats they can put in this kind of big cars. Well, when it's coming from the factory, this is an unusual situation for Malaysia only. Right. So, they're not going to make it just for Malaysia. But if you think you've got enough units to come in, you can talk to your partner in, in the factory and say, listen, my country got this nice loophole. Huh? You change the configuration, la, you whack some seats inside, la, you know? <laughs> I see. So, this is the thing now. A lot of people are saying, oh, you know, 180000 a bit expensive. Now, remember this. The Starex, which was a hot-selling MPV. Uh, you know, tour agencies used to use it. People who did transportation to Singapore, big families and all that. The last selling price was 151,000 ringgit. So this is 30,000 ringgit more. Now, 30,000 ringgit more, you get this brand new 2.2 diesel engine. On top of that, you get this really fantastic new styling. I think a lot of people are going to sell their Starex. I mean, it's already five, six years, seven years old. Yeah. And move up to this. Also... If you're looking at a reconditioned luxury MPV from Japan, this might actually be a better bet because it's brand new. It's got a diesel engine which will save you fuel and time and, and you still got power. On top of that, you got the full after-sales and warranty. Right. So this over an Estima, maybe, or an Alpha Velfire. I'm glad you said Estima because a little bit like the Estima, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I have to see this car in person though because I just saw the Hyundai Grand Star X this morning and it looked huge, like a big refrigerator moving. This is as big as the Star X and longer. Well, ah. it is starting at 180000 You can check out the nearest Hyundai dealership for the new Hyundai Staria. Next car company with a new product is Audi. Uh, we've been talking 
a lot about Audi's new launches. Actually, almost every week now in this past yeah, quarter. Yeah, because they suddenly come back with a vengeance. Yeah, so this past quarter have seen them ramping up their product line in this region. They recently introduced the RS series. And now the German car makers are set to bring in the second generation Audi A3, which is a compact sedan with a sporty look much like many modern Audi sedans, right? This A3 falls into contention with a few premium sedans out there like uh, the Mercedes-Benz A-Class and also BMW's 218i Sport sedan. But Daniel, yes. which is the most popular? I think we already know. <laughs> okay, fact. The BMW is selling a lot. The 218 is selling a lot simply because it's good looking and personally, I like the, that teal color they have, right? That's right, yeah. And then Mercedes is closing the gap very fast with their A-Class saloon. But the thing is now, I look at this Audi A3 sedan and it's a little bit sad that the price is 331,000 ringgit. That's the price of a 5 Series or a C-Class. Hmm. And that's a bigger vehicle. Now, this A3 sedan is almost 100,000 ringgit more than the competitors, you know? Yeah. Yes, it's fully imported, so there is a premium on the price. But you see, in this segment... Price is very sensitive. See, the person is looking at a BM two one eight or a, or a A class saloon, or even or even you know one of the Japanese cars, or like even Lexus ES two fifty will say, "Why am I paying three hundred and thirty one thousand for this small sedan?" Yes, it's nice. It's got two liter engine and everything else. But let me share with you some some news from some years ago. Hmm. The previous A three sedan, when it arrived in Malaysia, it ran a one point eight liter engine. Okay, it was also fully imported. It had a seven-speed gearbox, fully equipped, nice quality, beautiful to look at. It had 180 brake horsepower, 250 newton meters. It will accelerate in 6.8 seconds from standstill to 100. But it was only 240,000 ringgit. Hmm. Okay, which if you look at it, that is 90,000 ringgit difference. You know, 90, hmm. and it was fully imported also. Now comes this new A3. Yes, it's 2-litre, it's 7-speed gearbox. But the power delivery is not that much more. It's got 10 horsepower more at 190. Right. The torque has gone up by 70 newton meters. Now it's 320. But, you know, 90,000 ringgit premium, very hard for me to swallow. Yeah, yeah. It does look like a completely new car compared to the old version of the A3. Yes. But yes. that's probably the battle with Audis in this country, it yes. seems. Yes, it, it's very niche. I can see some people saying, "No, I want something totally different." So I'll 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 go completely to the left hand side and buy this car, but all the rest will stay on the right hand side and buy the conventional cars and save ninety, eighty, hundred thousand ringgit. How did the old generation A three do? Initially, it sold quite well, but of course, you know, Mercedes and BMW came up with lower pricing because they were local assembled, mm. so their numbers were higher, and then of course, slowly, you know, things got. A little bit quiet in the Audi showroom. So they want to revive that whole Audi brand now with very exciting products. As we spoke about it a few weeks ago, they're bringing in the RS models. But their price, mm. I can't swallow the pricing. That's all. Um, another new launch this week is Mazda. They just put out the cute and sporty compact SUV, the new version of the CX-3. Now, mm. th this is a 2022 edition. It's all new according to their authorised dealer, Burma's Auto, um, the CX-3 will be fully imported from their factory in Thailand. Previously, the CX-3 was fully imported. Uh, price was a little bit high, 140,000 ringgit. Right. Uh, a lot of people said, mm, you know, why so expensive? Well, now the price has come down. Yes, you have also uh, uh, two engine options. You have a 1.5, 
not so powerful 114 horsepower 149 newton meters but i think it makes a perfect city commuter vehicle also there's a lot of people who still love the look of the cx3 but they don't need all that power there's no need to have that much power because you're just riding around a city and you know on the highway it'll still work perfectly well so that model comes in at a very reasonable okay very reasonable 107000 ringgit now at that price you're sitting side by side with the high spec proton x50 that's which right. is about the same size yeah so maybe the proton x50 has got a little bit more features a little bit more power but think about it if you want to just walk away from having a proton badge some people do you can get this premium mazda looking cx3 for 107000 ringgit now if you think no i want to go up a little bit more i want to get the high spec you can get 118000 you get a slightly higher spec version and then you get the top version you know they call it the high variant 2 liter that's 131000 so i think most people who are willing to go back to the mazda brand if they're coming from proton or even perdua or whatever they might say between 107 and 131 over a 7 year loan i buy the high spec la you know get all the bells and whistles mm. so it's 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 a known fact in malaysia everyone tends to just move to the high spec unless they're migrating from a very low level car and then they might start with the low spec but mostly they go for the high spec it's happened with all the other brands also interesting so now the high spec price at 131 is pretty competitive if you compare it to the honda hrv and as well as the toyota corolla cross then correct correct side by side they're all rivals of course the mazda is 2 liter hmm. the corolla cross is 1.8 the hrv is 1.5 turbo so they all have different engine power delivery driving styles and everything else so in this segment it's it's getting crowded but i feel that people are now taking away the technical specs they're mm. taking away the power delivery and everything else they're looking more at design and in cabin features a lot of people are now talking about how much safety features you got which all these cars have good safety features they like the cabin tech they like all the toys in the cabin it's like buying a smartphone with a lot of features which you might not use but some people want it you get what i mean yeah Oh well, we do spend a long time in cars in traffic, so I guess that's where yes. the co- the the considerations come from, right? Yes, but you still have your smartphone with you in the car. It is true. <laughs> Most of your fun stuff is already in the smartphone, like your navigation, your music, yep. and your Apple CarPlay and your Android Auto and all that. So if your car entertainment system does not have it, like my cars, I drive old cars. I don't have all these fancy gadgets, but mm. I've got my smartphone and I put it on a stand and. I get whatever I want. That's right. Music at the fingertips. But the base model of the new CX3 1.5 liters going for 107 which is really close to a top spec Proton X50 does sound quite mouthwatering. Okay. Uh on to the T20 front a bit. Uh this week BMW have opened bookings for their first M-line plug-in hybrid SUV which is the BMW XM. Prices starting from 1.4 million ringgit. Honestly, now when you think about it, the T20, do you think they actually listen to what we say? Well, sometimes you hear the news here first from anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> no, the T20, they buy cars based on, "Hey, I want that because I like the look." Now, this car, I don't think it's good looking at all. I'm sorry, I just don't think it's good looking at all. But I will tell you this, it'll be sold out. It'll be sold out. people be waiting for one two years they will wait for it and i tell you why you see it's all about impression it's all about making a statement you know now there are so many good looking vehicles out there but you know good looks is subject to you know debate la but 
This one, uh, I mean, even when I put up the article on DSF, the amount of negative comments about the looks came from people who are never going to be able to afford it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> 1.4 million, it'll sell like sliced bread. No problem. You think so? Wow. I can tell you, while, while the show is going on, the bookings are already going beyond this year. Definitely until next year. That's all the news that we have for this week. And when we come back, uh, we're going to look at Budget 2023 with extended exemptions for imported EVs. Is it good for the local market? Keep it right here on Cruise Control, BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, it's Cruise Control. My name is Ali Johan, tonight with Daniel Fernandez. Thanks for sticking with us. News reports on launches uh, in the local market. Uh, we're seeing uh, the new Toyota Harrier, the new Hyundai Staria, new generation Audi A3, uh, Mazda CX-3 coming in to the local market as well as the super big, large, expensive BMW XM uh, already open for bookings in Malaysian markets. In this part, we're going to be hearing about the extended exemptions for imported EVs, which was tabled at the recent budget 2023. As it stands right now, you know, with the parliament dissolve, this budget is already irrelevant, um, but they will be retabling it once we are done with the elections, right? The extension is now going to go on for another year, right, Daniel? Yes, they've said that they'll give them another year for free tax, free hmm. import duties, you know, uh, on CBU and also CKD, but we're not, we're not doing CKD right now for any EV because you might as well just bring in CBU. Yeah. You don't have to worry about factory, assembly, everything. Just roll it off the ship and send it to the customer. Mm. And customers are waiting uh, readily. You know, every every electric car that's brought in officially are uh, immediately delivered to a customer. There's no waiting to deliver it. There's only waiting for the customers because there's not enough cars to fuel the demand, you know? Mm. Because Malaysians have never smelled a duty-free car in Peninsula Malaysia, you know? <laughs> it's always been, you know, high taxes, high taxes, high taxes. That's why cars like the BMW XM, they got, you know, with tax and without tax. So this extension, to me, great. They're trying to push the whole, you know, electric car agenda. But it does not help the lower income group. Yeah, because the electric car prices, uh, as we always discuss on the show, is always uh, upwards from 200000 And we're yes. only starting to talk about the Chinese car makers coming in, offering a bit more than 100000 ringgit worth of electric vehicles. So this seems like it's not going to benefit the general public. Yes. So like I've said it many times before, some people say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm against electric cars. I'm not against electric cars. I'm saying make electric cars something that is affordable for the middle class at least. I and mean, in lower income group, too far away. Mm. But at least for the middle class. Now, you can't do it for the middle class because our currency exchange doesn't allow us to bring the price down. You see now, duty-free electric cars, like say the Kona EV, which is about 140,000, 150,000. The Nissan Leaf, which is about 170. The Renault Zoe, which was recently launched at 163. And then you got the, the, the Great Wall Motors, Aura Cat, which is about to be released for about 140,000, 150,000. Now, all this, there's, there's, there's a lot of... You know, interest, a lot of questions and everything else. But you can walk into a showroom and buy one now and drive it out immediately. Because why? There is not a long waiting list because there's not a huge demand for them right now. So why is there not a huge demand? Because the rich people 
don't want to be seen driving, how it's a middle-class electric car. They want to be seen driving a premium electric car. At the worst, they'll buy an Ionic 5 from Hyundai, a Kia EV6. Both these cars are selling like hotcakes. Mm. Of course, let's not go on about the Porsche Taycan. Two years and it's still selling like hotcakes. Mercedes just launched three electric cars, all sold out for months. You know, they're delivering cars by the dozens every week and they still can't fill the demand. Volvo sold out on their XC40 recharge. The new C40 is coming in. There are already a few hundred bookings for it. Even before the car has landed, people have touched it. People have smelled the leather. The car has already got a few hundred bookings. Now, what's wrong with Malaysians? Sorry, middle-class Malaysians cannot afford these nice electric cars because of our exchange rate. Mm -hmm. So I'm saying, before you even give this free duty to luxury cars, Think about the middle class because the middle class person who's working hard to buy, for example, the Mazda CX-3, right? Mm. He pays 130000 for a top-spec Mazda CX-3. That money is a lot to him. But for the rich Malaysian, buying an electric car or tax-free, I, I already got three petrol cars in the house or four. I just buy one for fun, you know? And they are benefiting. And the government doesn't earn any revenue from it. Where else? The guy who's... You know, working hard and paying his taxes and everything else was just about making it, has to pay 130000 for a Mazda CX-3 because it's not duty-free. And then you got someone who wants to go up the ladder a little bit and get a Toyota Harrier, like we just mentioned earlier, hmm. 274000 ringgit. He might turn around and say, uh, okay, I want to buy an electric car, but you know, to have an electric car, I still need to have a second car or third car in the house because I can't use it as a daily car. I can't use it for outstation because there's not enough infrastructure yet. I'm not used to this charging thing and all that. So he has to pay a full tax on a, on a Toyota Harrier. Yeah. So it seems like the EV price points seems to be counterintuitive with a reduction in carbon footprint as a target. It's, it seems like general Malaysians will still have to stick to petrol cars. Yes, yes. Or hybrid cars mm. like the Toyota Corolla Cross, the Honda HRV EHEV, yeah. the City EHEV, and then they're going to launch next week the Civic EHEV. These are the cars that, you know, hybrid... Uh, power assisted by battery, lower fuel consumption, blah, blah, blah. But they still have a tax on them, which the government earns, which pays for infrastructure and hospitals and everything else. When you buy an electric car, you're not contributing anything to anybody. Yeah. So total number of EVs sold are still very small. Very small. Okay? It's not going to dent total sales. Because why? If you're talking about, say, um, a $600,000 EV, okay, that's tax-free, mm. which it should be 1.1, million, that same person would have gone and bought, say, a petrol-driven car for 1.1, 1.2 million. It's not that it's being sold to a lower income group. It's the same income group. It's just that that person is now saving 600,000 ringgit, right? Yeah. So he can buy two electric cars instead of one petrol-driven luxury car. Now, how is it helping anyone I don't think so. But the factories that are producing cars in Malaysia right now are producing for the lower income group, middle class and lower middle class. Okay? Mm. You've got Mazda, you've got Toyota, you've got Honda, uh, you've got Nissan, uh, of course, Proton and Perdua. They are producing cars that are below 200,000 ringgit. Yes, you have Mercedes-Benz and BMW with factories producing luxury cars, but they are also slowly phasing out and moving towards electric cars. And electric cars will be CBU. Now, there is talk that after this next extension, if everything goes as planned, they're going to say, okay, if you local assemble, then only you get the tax exemption. But now, to local assemble an electric car is not so easy because you have to remodel your whole factory 
to accept this. And a lot of electric car manufacturing is still in infancy. Mm. It's not like it's not like Tesla who started from ground zero. All the rest are are modifying their current factories to accommodate electric car because they take from their ice cars and then they move. Some of them will build new factories. But you can't come to Malaysia now and say, oh, I think uh, your factory closed down uh, or remodel it. And how are you going to get back your money? How are you going to get back your investment? You understand? Mm. Yeah. So the big push I think will be for these manufacturers to go and say, listen, I can't do local assembly here. It's not easy. We don't have the, the the talent. We don't have enough investment to remodel our whole factory because five years ago we already remodeled it for plug-in hybrid or for you know high tech uh, body shop and everything else. Yeah. Um. So you can't expect us to do it. You have to give us five years, and then they will extend it. They will extend it. They will extend it. Meanwhile, when they extend all this, the government is losing a lot of tax revenue. Whereas the middle class and the lower middle class who are buying cars from Toyota, Proton, Perdua, Mazda, Honda, Nissan. They are subsidizing the rich people. Does it make sense? Yes, yes, sadly. And and now you see the big Chinese manufacturers coming in now. In a, in a few weeks' time, Great Wall Motors will launch their Aura electric car. Soon after that will be Cherry with their electric car. And then, let me tell you, there's five other Chinese car brands already in Malaysia. You know about BYD. We, we broke the news here, yep. you know, uh, months ago. And then they did the official signing ceremony. There, there are two others, you know. They're they're going to be announcing before the end of the year. Now all of them are bringing electric cars. None of them are bringing petrol or diesel cars. Why electric cars? Because why? It's easy because you don't have to local assemble. It's fast because you know you just roll it off the ship and you sell it. And the excitement is there right now for people to buy. Okay, so there you have it. Why Daniel thinks um, the tax exemption for imported EVs might not benefit many of us. Maybe just a few of us. If you're deciding on buying an EV, think about it properly. Um, if you need any more tips, you can listen to Cruise Control. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have a car review. We're going to try out the Kia EV6 right here on Cruise Control, BFM BFM 89.9 is Cruise Control. My name is Ali Johan. Tonight with Daniel Fernandez. Thanks for sticking with us. And now uh, we're in the final part of our program. Our car review of this brand and car that I've been waiting for Daniel to tell me about for a long time. Since the removal of all import duties on electric cars in Malaysia, you know, this car has been one of the most anticipated releases, the Kia EV6. I've been waiting to test drive this car since I saw pictures of it. And you know... Like any electric car you look out there, <laughs> somehow or other, they're not... You know, you either have very conventional design, like the Volvo XC40 Recharge, the Mercedes GLE, yeah. um, um, even the Porsche Taycan. It looks, like a, it looks like a Porsche. But there are a lot of other electric cars, like Teslas and, and some other cars, that look weird. You know, I, I would use the word because they're smoothened out, they have that... that Dolphin kind of outlook because why you know you have to be wind cheating aerodynamics and all that you know flush door handles uh, you know large glass space curved rear some or other to me those designs they don't work with me they work with the younger generation and that's the the, the buying public right. but when I saw this the Kia EV6 I went whoa this is a good looking vehicle whether it's electric petrol diesel solar power it looks good you know <laughs> yes. And then 
we saw pictures of the its sibling and i say sibling because hyundai ioniq 5 is actually sitting on the same platform as the kia ev6 hyundai is the parent kia is the child because hyundai bought over kia many years ago but they work separately they got different design houses they got different design language but underneath everything is almost the same now the ioniq 5 also another really good looking vehicle stand out design till today you see it on the road you have to give it a three look not two not one three times you got to look at it right yeah but the kia ev6 you give it four looks because it's even more outstanding so when i got this car i was really excited finally to get a test drive it of course because it's in such high demand we only got it for a day but a day is fine i'm not complaining i still got to drive it i took it out it was fully charged i drove it like the ioniq 5 it's a beautiful drive it's very comfortable it's got everything that says hi i'm a luxury car i'm a luxury sedan hmm. okay okay before that the the footprint of this car fills up a car park a, a normal car park space box to box line to line okay that that's big. how big it is mm. you get inside you got a huge boot of course it's a bit raised because of the battery pack and and the motors and everything but the cabin space is massive three richards can sit at the back and richard is tall right 6 foot something right yeah 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 three of richards can sit at the back and two of richards can sit in front spacious yeah that's leg room now three of me at the back still can sit that's sideways you know so you got plenty of space plenty of headroom and then you have the material quality inside kia has gone beyond expectations in terms of interior build quality and and fit and finish the touch and feel points it's easily sometimes i say beyond even a luxury german car and then you got the technology the technology the screen the features there's just too many to mention i mean this car is loaded with everything and some things which you will never think of i'll give you the something which you'll never think of okay right right there is a function which you can get ambient sound inside the car so you can choose between seaside breeze wow <laughs> so instead of just giving you music to listen in the car they give you all these soothing sounds and i think it's because i'm thinking eh The reason for this is when you go and charge your car and you're waiting 30 40 50 minutes to charge your car you can actually sit in the car recline the seat which is like an aircraft cabin seat and take a nap with some nice soothing sound you see they've thought of things which conventional car manufacturers have just not thought about i mean the koreans have just gone poop we are going one step further you know yeah. and what i'm trying to say is this car you got to get into it you got to go to the showroom get into it to understand further what i'm trying to say even the touch point the top of the dash and everything and they're using a lot of recycled material but nothing feels recycled but they say it a lot of recycled plastic but it doesn't feel plastic everything feels premium everything has a tactile feel to it every knob every function every lever feels like it came from a car costing 2 3 times more expensive and that's where i got to be honest and say if i buy electric car this is it Wow, that's a big call. I have to say this, 506 possible driving range on a full charge. That's huge. That is good enough to go to Penang, drive around somewhere, overnight charge it or you know, get a fast charger and come back home. You spend one day with it. How did it drive? If I took away all the badges that said Kia and just drove it, I would say I'm driving myself a luxury European car worth maybe 5-600,000 ringgit. very nice very comfortable sound insulation seat comfort all the boxes were ticked 
Ali, all the boxes were ticked. There is nothing missing in this car. Like I said, there's there's things and more that Kia has provided in the EV6. And then you've got a acceleration of 5.2 seconds. You don't need 3-4 seconds because, you know, 5.2 seconds is already very fast. Yeah. And you've got a top speed of 185 kilometers now. But remember, if you keep accelerating fast and going to the top speed, you're going to finish up a lot of juice. So if you just drive it like any other luxury car, you're just going to enjoy it. You're just simply going to enjoy it. And, you know, the attention from people is also a little bit, you know, nice. Lah. So that's the Kia EV6. It's exactly 300,000 ringgit. Problem is, there's a long waiting list. And when I say long, I mean really long waiting list. Uh, they've only delivered a handful because global demand is very high right now. It is interesting to see Kia going in this direction. I mean, so far, we've, I've not seen the EV6 anywhere on the road. But if you right. say that it's the size of the new Ionic 5, that, that, that's pretty large. Um, yes, I always get confused. Is it a sedan? Is it a compact SUV? It's a long and raised sedan-shaped vehicle. Okay, to me, car companies can come up with whatever they want to say, like whatever new naming or you know design language or whatever. Yeah. I'm calling it a fastback. A fastback means it's a four-door car like the Audi A5 or the Volkswagen Arteon with a long sloping bonnet, right? Mm. So to me, it's a large fastback that has been raised slightly. So it's almost got that crossover height, yet it's got that fast back, long, wide design. I can't wait to see it in person. You can check out the Kia showrooms to make a booking now. Is that open already? It's been open for a long time and you know, you probably have to wait about 7-8 months for this car. So there we have it. Daniel's impression of his drive on the Kia electric EV6 that's out there. It's going for 300000 and that neatly rounds off our episode for tonight. Uh, if you miss any part of the show, you can check out the podcast, which you can find on our BFM app. Get it on the Apple App Store or Google Play. We're going to be back same time next week with the three of us, hopefully. But for now, I've been Ali Johan with Daniel Fernandez on Cruise Control, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.